1: Progressive presents Don't Do It Yourself. Okay, fixing a water heater. Easy peasy. Oh, yeah? So you know how to secure this gift joint? Yeah. Detach the steam pump? Pfft, takes two seconds. And fasten the duble to the pressure tube? Yeah, my dad taught me how to do that. Oh, that's interesting, because I made all those things up. Look, we should just bundle our home and auto with Progressive. We could save big, then pay someone to do it for us.
0: That's cool. This dubles are wrong size anyway. Save when bundling home and auto with Progressive and use the money to, you know, not... Do it yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
1: Here's your weekly show here on the Blue Room. Hope everybody's doing well, staying safe. Uh, We've got three, well, we've got two excellent guests today. Uh, I'm very tired. Sarah Halpin's very tired as well. Uh, Paul, how are you doing, matey? Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed?
0: Always, Matt, always. Why wouldn't
1: I be? (laughs) Well, I I was up till about four o'clock watching the US election last night. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, Sarah's been down at Wembley, so you might have to carry both of us through this one mate. <laughs> I'm
0: feeling the pressure
1: already here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Paul. Paul McFarlane, of course, joins me. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, helping as well. Sarah, how are you?
2: Um. Uh, as you said, Matt, I'm. I'm tired <laughs> of uh, feeling the aftermath of a of a very busy few weeks, and especially the weekend down at down at Wembley. But uh, obviously, bad weekend in terms of results for Everton as well. But. Uh, you Know proud of the girls, and uh, let's hope that we can uh get a big win for the men's team and, and the women this weekend and get things right back on track, yeah. Two
1: uh, big games,
2: though,
1: yeah. Uh, well, it's meant to be Manchester United for the girls tonight, uh, but that match has been called off, of course. It's Manchester United for the lads at uh, half 12 on Saturday as well. We'll have a chat about that in a bit more detail, but um, first and foremost, we'll have a chat. Well, Sunday at Wembley, uh, Sarah, you were down there. Uh, Paul, you were saying before, and we both watched the game and zoned into it after the lads had finished in particular. <laughs> and um, just, I'll, I'll come to you first, tonight, Sarah, and just talk about the match first Won't we speak about the experience and, and the weekend. It's, um, I was sat there and I was watching Sandy McKeever make those saves. I was watching Lastix tackles, City missing chances, and I was just thinking, this is going to be their day that Everton are going to do this and in the end fair play to City that their quality told but um, you know we were saying before we came on the show there that, that makes it worse in some ways because Everton, Everton showed they belong at this level and showed that they, they could have potentially got the result but it wasn't to be on the day.
2: It wasn't to be Matt and you know I'm still I still get really emotional when I think about it to be honest because you know the performance from the girls, they really gave absolutely everything that they could and they left it all out there on the pitch. And to come so close uh, to coming home with the trophy, you know, the fact it finished 3-1, but we'd, take, we'd taken them right to the end of extra time and it was two two goals right near the end uh, for, for Manchester City, which I, I felt, especially that third one, was a, was a bit harsh. And mm-hmm. uh, when you look at the final score, it certainly didn't reflect the, the way in which the game went. Um, but yeah they, they did themselves proud. They did every single Evertonian who watched them proud. And I think we've probably gained a whole new um fan base from Evertonians that mightn't have followed them before, but after seeing that, we'll just go, you know, bloody hell. We wanna we wanna be involved with these. They they give you what you want to see from an Everton team, week in, week out, and Manchester City, the players they've got, the money they've got, <coughs> they were certainly favourites to win the win the tournament and I think a lot of people thought they would maybe dispatch us relatively easily and you could see it was in heated I think Manchester City knew we, we had them um, and as you said Sandy McKeever making world class save after world class save Meg Finnegan, goal line last ditch clearances, tackles the lot um, and you think this is this is going to go to penalties I tell you if it had gone to penalties you know, <laughs> Sandy Mack all day mate after the, after the performance she put in as a city player, you'd be thinking that'd be in your head. You're going, "This girl's having a superhuman day here," um, and she'd have been she would have been right up for for saving a couple of them pens. So so close, um, you know. But very much with the feeling. Even after you know, I was with the team for a couple of days, and we we stopped over in London as well. And on the night time, I really thought everyone was going to be subdued, and it was. It was sad, but we actually felt so. Tight as a group and so together and um, there's a real feeling of we're going to be back here sooner rather than later just have to keep doing what we're doing and, and we'll be back here um, the team now as it is and the staff now as it is has only been together for three, three or four months and we're able to push a team like Manchester City with world cup winners starting in the squad you know Lucy Bronze in there the best players like a, it's like a who's who of like the yeah. elite, elite names in women's football and, and we we took them right to the very edge so we'll be back at Wembley and I think the girls will will, will be able to get one step further next time but uh yeah so immensely proud.
1: Uh, Paul what did you make of it mate when you, when you turned over in, in the last stages?
0: Yeah, well, I think like uh, most Everton fans who were watching the who off watching the uh, the Newcastle game, I was so depressed at the end of that. I was looking for a bit of a tonic, a bit of a pick me up, and the women's final certainly provided that because I was engrossed from the Minister switched it on because I thought Everton in the second half you know, created so much, they worked so hard, and if Carl Ancelotti wanted to motivate the, the Everton team on Monday, he should have taken that video in of the match and said, look, this is what. Playing for Everson Beans, this what like a, Shaman, a Seamus Coleman type presentation, this is what this club is all about because I thought the commitments and effort from those le- those girls on the pitch was absolutely outstanding. I thought I, I now realize that uh, DCL's improvement's been down to so Valerie Gordon's heading lessons because <laughs> she, she is so, so good in the air. And the quality crosses from Sorensen as well, I thought was superb throughout the game. And we could <coughs> we could have sneaked it in the final 90 minutes. I thought we had one or two opportunities. Like you said, Sarah, 3-1 was not a reflection of of the game. 2-1, fine. And I thought you know, City were definitely stronger in the, in the final period of exercise. I think there was a slight difference in, in fitness levels, possibly. But... We didn't deserve to lose three-one, and certainly Sandy McKeever did not deserve to be on the losing side because that's one of the best goalkeeping performances I've seen for anyone in an ever since years in a long, long time. Hmm. It's it, when you
1: were in the stadium, sir. So, you know, watching it on the, the TV is different, isn't it? When you're in the ground, you, you get a sense. And I think Paul's right there. I think for me, up until about seventy hmm. minutes, although City had more of the ball I and mean, they were controlling spells of the game. Everton had opportunities, they had opportunities before City took the lead, they had chances when it went 1-0 and they had chances when it went 1-1 as well, that header which Govan flashed wide wasn't it, Which I I imagine you must have thought that was in in the ground, my word, Uh, (laughs) but was there there a a point or or a moment or in the game where you just thought, I I don't know, maybe the the extra quality of City or the extra fitness as, as Paul mentioned there and I suppose that's that's why we're all very excited about this side. That's where they've still got to go. and There's no reason why they can't get there eventually. But I suppose that's, you know, when you see the fitness. Of, you know, Lucy Bronze was still legging it forward after 120 minutes and, you know, charging. You're know they're bringing players off the bench like Stanway, you know. It it looked as though the fitness and the quality of the city had just sort of took over at, at some point. It, it, in the ground, did you, did you get that sense at a particular point in the game?
2: I think for me, it... it it's sort of changed uh, when Damaris Aguilera and Lucy Graham ended up ended up yeah. going off the pitch. Uh I think just having Lucy Graham we talk about her a lot on the blue room um her presence on the pitch her ability her heart her desire um she's just a player that is hell to play against and i think you know mentally when you're the opposition and you see her go off, that'll give you a boost. And the same with Damaris Aguirola, um, who's, who's a new sign in as well and it's just been top class. And, you know, even the players that we were able to bring on did do well. But I feel just coming into the game cold, um, you know, maybe a few of the passes were a little bit off then because you, you've not the players haven't got time to warm into the game. And I think that just gave Manchester City that boost then to go, okay, well let's get them. And obviously with it being an empty Wembley, funny story just quickly you talk about that Govan chance that went wide in the first half I was just roaming around pitch side like which was the most bizarre thing um and then I got moved into the media bit <laughs> but they put me in a bit with the Manchester reporters so when Govan scored the first goal of course I'm Going, yes, yes! <laughs> couldn't help myself. No etiquette there. I'm sorry. I apologise to me of Radio Manchester. Um, but the second one, when I, I thought that went in, I thought I was going to stumble down the down the stairs. But I, you'd have fancied it to buried that one. Uh, it was it wasn't the easiest chance, but I've seen her score more difficult headers than that one. Um, but yeah, I think I think those two players uh, or a few substitutions late in the game, seeing Lucy Graham go off, would have given given City that little thing. And as you said. Players like Jess Park, Georgia Stanway, who scored. These players they can just bring on. Um, I think you felt it then. I heard them from the empty stadium going, come on, girls, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And it was almost Mm -hmm. straight after that that they scored. And I I remember that moment. It was like, they were like, right, we don't want this to go to pens because really then it's anyone's, isn't it? And I think they thought, right, let's get this done. And they just found that extra, a little something extra. Um, And our girls were you'd seen how, how, how they'd run themselves ragged all game, like Meg Finnegan, I don't know how her legs were still attached to it to be honest, you know, <laughs> uh, it, and I think that was it, it was just that little bit too much, but as you said Matt, you know, this is a team that will get there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the encouraging thing isn't it Paul, post? this. it's not as though this is a team that's been building for a while and this is the end game and it felt like they had to win because this is this a team at the peak, it's, it's a side that only really took shape this summer and I'm um, The fact that they were able to get to a cup final with that in mind was really exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's massive progress for the side. And uh, Valerie Gauvin's only been with us for this season, hasn't she? So, I mean, she's an outstanding prospect, I have to say. And it's a young side. It's it's going to get better. And Sarah, did you feel on the day that City's experience told by the end of the match?
2: I think maybe a little bit, yeah. When you think of the players that they, you know, like you said, the likes of Lucy Bronze, Alex Greenwood, you know, basically the majority of their players are either lionesses or or starters for their respected international countries. And yeah, just that little bit extra, maybe in those final 10 minutes where they could smell a little bit of of blood, if you like, where they go, okay, now we know what we need to do. Keep your heads. And maybe maybe we were a little bit more... um, emotional I don't know um that said I I think that back five and Sandy McKeever mentioned it in her interview as well you know that the four defenders she had in front of her were just unreal and they they matched City for everything they threw at us offensively they they dealt with so yeah I think I think we do have that professionalism about us but yeah maybe just that that bit more experience as you said we're a young side we are a very very young team and uh, those players in, in, the, in the city jerseys have, have all won things. You know, they've they've won major trophies. They they won it last time, um, so for them it's just getting it done again. You know, and it's the same with the women. It's been ten years with the men. It's been even longer, and maybe there still is that little thing where it's like we won it so much. Um, but yeah, wasn't to be on the day. But as um, I say, the, the age of these girls, I think we'll we'll see them lift many a trophy and hopefully we'll get to wear the royal blue next time around and there'll be fans there.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that, may, that might have made a psychological difference. I mean, but playing in the royal blue could just be that little uh, edge to get us over the line there. But I think for anyone who's not been a fan of women's football, if you just tune that in to your first experience of a top level women's football game, you, you'd be engrossed by what you saw because, well, one thing you didn't want in the final like that is a one-sided competition, and it was anything but that was end-to-end. Any side, could particularly the second half, it could have gone either way. Some of the chances created by both sides you know, could have been quite decisive, but I enjoyed the whole experience. I, I saw the, uh, the women's team about two seasons ago when they played at Marine in the FA Cup semi-final against Arsenal, and the team that was in the final on Sunday was of such a higher quality than that team two years ago. So I think all the steps are going in the right direction the appointment of, of the new manager um, is, is a step in the right direction and it's good to see that everton are really trying to ha- heighten the profile of the women's team as well because the, the women's team is success for all of us it's not just about the men's team it's about everton with the club at every level where the club and everyone's got to get behind the women's team
1: yeah i think i think people will do after this and I think mean, it's an interesting point you mentioned sir to it in 10 years and you know they're not winning anything and I think sometimes when for some teams when you come so close that can be a, a massive setback you, but you sort of get the sense that with, with this group that, that they're not going to be like that it could be sort of you know players in the 80s always spoke mm-hmm. about losing that milk cup final was sort of one of them where they realized that you know we didn't win on the day but we matched Liverpool for long spells and it gave us the belief to go on and and do something in the future, and maybe there's a bit of that where they say, "Well, we beat Chelsea to get here. We match Manchester City for long spells of the game. We can compete at this level, and we're only going to get better." And just just to, to, to wrap this up, Sarah, you mentioned Sandy McKeever. Then it's not she's not really someone we've spoken about much when we've, we've mentioned the women's team. You know, as you mentioned there, Valerie Govan, Lucy Graham, et cetera, et cetera. Have, have been, you know, high on the agenda, and. Um, Someone, again, who's only young, 22 years old. She's been in and around the England side about making a you know, senior appearance for England yet. But she looks an amazing prospect. And I think what I was so impressed with after the game was the way in which she spoke as well. You know, after a after contest like that, I would have thought she, you know it would have been easy for her to be angry, easy for her to be devastated. But she was just so composed and mature in everything she said. And perhaps the way she performed on the pitch, it suggests, you know, I shouldn't have been really surprised by that
2: that's <laughs> no, that's an excellent point Matt and do you know what I actually owe a lot to how um how she sort of composed herself and and Danny I spoke to as well kind of helped me keep my stuff together, you know because it was it was emotions were running really high, and I think just seeing them upset would have would have sent me over, and we were all feeling that hurt of it, but seeing how well she spoke and 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 so proud and even you know the the first thing she did was. Bring it, in, bring to attention. The how how quality her defence was as well, and praise the rest of the side. And yeah, you know as you said, she's 22 years of age, an absolute phenomenal talent. Uh, she started at Everton, at Everton five years ago before going over to the States with Clemson <laughs> Tigers, and and now she's back as you know a, a real, real top quality goalkeeper. And for me now. England can't not make her senior goalkeeper after, it's not just that performance. I think that was the pinnacle, but we barely conceded. I think we've only conceded three goals in the league all season. And um, that's, that's credit to the defense and to Sandy as well. And yeah, I think she, she can go under the radar, Sandy, because she's even a personality. She's so, you know, she's so calm and she's so, you know, sensible and switched on and, um, but she's a, she's a belter, she's a belter person and uh, 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 an absolute unreal goalkeeper. And uh, yeah, hopefully she'll be England's and, and Everton's number one for many years to come. And hopefully we'll see her lift many trophies at Wembley as well.
1: Yeah, and we, yeah. we didn't get the, uh, the video the girls doing Spirits of the Blues, the Sarah promised <laughs> from, from last week, of course, as, as we mentioned. But you said there that the Spirits were still quite good afterwards. What, what, what did you do the, the night after?
2: So the night of uh, of the final, when we we went back to the hotel and we had some food and stuff, and everybody was just. I thought it was going to be really quiet and subdued. I didn't know whether people would be talking much and that, but it was honestly so lovely. And all the girls, because of they know how much this football club means to me as as an Evertonian as well, you know the likes of Izzy, Sai, Lucy, all the girls came up to me and said, "We're sorry we couldn't." we're sorry we couldn't get it for you and that really touched oh me and I god, said oh
0: god that must have been I am <laughs> <laughs> telling you mate and you know
2: players like Izzy Christensen and I said to her don't dare apologise to me because you made not only me but every single person who's associated with the club so proud today and i said it's like we always say is nil satis nisi optimum and she she laughs at me because she always goes is right sarah (laughs) so, so you know it was really beautiful and there was tears but it was like it was it was a really moving kind of night and i think it galvanized us more as a group if that's even possible I mean, I think we'd have been absolutely swinging from the chandeliers if we'd have won it, but it was it was just a nice bonding experience and it was like we'll be back here, you know, um, and, and let's let's use this to drive us even further on. So and we, we said, I remember Dan Turner as well, of course, course club captain, we said this what we have, you know, of course we want trophies as well, and I believe that the girls will be getting them soon, but what we have, you, you take that any day. That you, a trophy can't replace what we have um, as, as as a togetherness, as a group. The staff, the players, uh, but as I said, let's you know be nice with the trophy, and we've every intention of, of bringing those as well.
1: How mm-hmm. good's that to hear, Paul? That you know the players think like that, and have that sort of mindset. It's it, you know. Footballers in particular are spoken about that they don't really care. It's just a job and a profession for a lot of them. But the fact that some of them were, you know, went well up to share in that moment and were sort of of that mindset, it it does. It, it's great. And I think from the, you know, obviously nowhere near as much as share from the small dealings we've had with that team and the manager, they they seem like a cracking group. Like really upbeat, really positive, really talented as well. It, it it's great to get that kind of insight, isn't it?
0: Oh, it is. yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they, they just come across as fabulous ambassadors for the game as well, and you know, for the, and for them to take the time out, you know, to go over to serra and, and and make her feel part of this, you know, the the post match event, I thought was absolutely superb. And you know, it's good, you know it's good to know that they care, that they want to do, it, you know, not just for themselves but for Everton as well. And you, you mentioned before, Matt, about the uh, when Everton got to the League Cup final in eighty four, how the players kind of thought, well, this this is a stepping stone. And I can of remember read, reading, I think it was from Derek Mountfield, saying at the end of that game, in the change, there was a main road after the replay. All the players almost had like a, a quite open conversation about what had gone wrong and why they lost it and what they could do to remedy that situation in the future. And he said, at the end of the game, when they came out of that little chat, they all thought, yeah, this team's going places. We know where we're going. They were together as a team. And I think togetherness as a team can never be underestimated because that's what's talking about the performance of the weekend uh, in the final. They were together as a team. You know, they, they were all standing up for each other. Some of the covering by, by, by Meg Finnegan in the defence was absolutely outstanding. And you could just see yeah. the faces were etched with disappointment when the whistle went at the end. And... I'm not an expert on women's football by by, by any extent, but I, I was really heartened by what I saw the weekend. And uh, I think for people who've been undecided about whether to follow the the women's team or not, I, I think the final on Sunday would have absolutely convinced them. And let's hope, you know, it, it, it's just it, it's it's a massive step forward for the team, and even more so because the Fed equivalents not doing that well anyway, is it? <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's, it, it, I suppose, it's a weird situation now where they just got to. I suppose usually if you lose an FA Cup final, you've got it the whole summer to just go away and have a break and not really think about footy. Whereas they've got to go. You know, the game tonight has been has been postponed. Maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise. That, but you now Chelsea, Chelsea away, isn't it? The weekend, sir. A straight, straight. You know, one of the the hardest games you can have. It's Yeah. It, it must be weird for them because I suppose after an occasion like that, I, I don't know. I'm obviously, I'm not a you know top level footballer, so I don't know how these you know these these people think, but. I don't know whether you'd want a game to come around straight away or you just want a bit of a break from it.
2: I know. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because obviously for them as players, it's it's different for us watching. You kind of, you, you want another game so you can almost get that past sort of hurt out of your mind um, and, and move on. But, I'm not one who's just played 120 minutes on <laughs> Wembley pitch away against one of the top teams in in Europe. So yeah, you're quite right. You know, I'm very disappointed that the games we got. And, well, I know for a fact that the players are gutted as well because a few of them spoke to them today and they've said they're they're really disappointed because I think they were the same for them same same reasons, um, looking to try and get a positive result to move us from on from the weekend, but. They'll no doubt now just be using this recovery time to to try and and go to Chelsea as well on the weekend and 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 get a result, which which will be tough. Um, but yeah, I, I believe I believe these girls can go there and get a result. Um, and you know, we're still second in the league and got everything to to play for. But yeah, it's it's a very strange thing. Like you said, usually if you've lost an FA Cup final, you go away, you, you have the summer to rebuild. But it's Go go go! And I mean, say we do go to Chelsea on the weekend and, and get the win. The, the way the mood will go from then would just be, you know, completely on the up again. So, um, you know, hopefully now that they're not playing tonight, they'll be able to get a bit more rest and uh, motivated and 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 ready for the weekend and hopefully get back to winning ways. But it will be a, a very tough game, no doubt about that.
0: Yeah. Sally, S- 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 did you think the Wednesday yeah. the Cup yeah. final will actually help? ever attract better quality players, again, to, to push on?
2: Yeah, I think it will, Paul. You know, even when you look, you know, we talk about Chloe Kelly still a lot. And when, when Chloe left, of course, she started the cup competition with us. I think people, maybe fans were a bit concerned that, oh, Chloe's left. Like, we were on an upward trajectory, it seemed. And what are going to do? And what we saw from them was we were still able to sign players like, you know Valerie Govan, Nico Sorensen, and Claire Emsley's come over. Poppy Pattinson. We brought in loads of top quality players, um, so we, I think we were already an attractive, an attractive prospect. But yeah, that just puts us on a bigger scale, doesn't it? There was 1.6 million people watch that, and for me, I think fans, uh, friends message me that support other teams. You've like, I think if you see that group, you want to be a part of it, don't you? I mean. Yeah. To see a team lose but still be so like, together and motivated, there was no arguments, there was no... It was just lovely. and I think I'd certainly watch the football for a start and go, I want to be a part of that. And I'd watch the, the togetherness afterwards and go, I want to be a part of that. And also just on Chloe Kelly as well, because I know her being a player that left, something about this football club as well, the first thing when City won, and they were all celebrating together, Chloe saw me, made a beeline for me and ra- made a conscious effort to run over pitch side, give me a big hug and, you know, sort of say, yeah.
0: like, got it for, you know, yeah. and, and, they,
2: and Esme as well, the same players that have been. So they, even they were so gutted to because they they still love the club, you know. It was a weird one, but um, yeah, I certainly think seeing seeing us on that stage, there'll be so many players now that would be, you know, rubbing their hands together surely at the prospect of uh, of coming to play for the mighty blues. <laughs> yeah, uh, bittersweet,
1: yeah, bittersweet day. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Chloe, Chloe's always come across as a class act, so it doesn't surprise me. But uh, yeah, the commiserations obviously to the girls at the weekend, but like Sarah well, and I'm sure they'll be back again stronger. Uh, Let's have a about the lads and for the final part of the show. Then, uh, Paul saying, "Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> coming off coming off the back of two defeats uh, in a row, of course, but uh, it's Manchester United at Oldham Park on Saturday. But it feels like this might might be a little bit different, Paul. Um, indications are that Rodriguez will be back again." Um, after his knocking the unmentionables I believe uh, <laughs> last week so hopefully he's well rested again pull the like a report he should be okay uh, as we record this now Sarah's <laughs> <it's> crossing himself <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah um, indications are that well obviously lucadino Dino will be back Seamus Coleman we're not sure on you of course Richarlison out uh, suspended and Andre Gomez might be injured as well but um, just, just as we're recording this now Manchester United have just gone 1-0 down against Istanbul Back, fresh mm-hmm. extra here. Sarah's doing a little oh, dance good. again. Sure. You'll, you'll, never guess, you'll never guess in a million years who scored for Istanbul in that game, unless you've been cheating. Denver Bar, 35 no! years old. Honestly. 35 years old, oh, yeah. The goal was eerily similar to the one he's covered <laughs> against uh, <laughs> who Liverpool. Slipped? Yeah, all those years. Honest God, after this, go and watch it. It's very, Will very do. similar. Very, very similar. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, United are nice, a bit of a weird place, but I think. Everton will feel better, won't they, Paul? Having Luca Dean back on that left-hand side. If Coleman's back in. That's a big boost as well. And, of course, Rodriguez. I think at least we're going to have Dean and Rodriguez back. And if you put them two in, in this Everton side, then all of a sudden it goes up and a couple of levels, doesn't it?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, undoubtedly we missed you know, the uh, marauding raids down both flanks from both Coleman and Dina uh, during the game on Sunday, and I think the whole team suffered as a result of that. I was quite disappointed with John, Joe Kenny uh, and Nickonko as well, because I thought that was a big chance for both of the players to uh, really push hard for the first team place, and in terms of getting forward and, and delivering quality crosses, they just didn't uh, live up to, to what I was hoping they would provide during the course of the game. <laughs> The return of Rodriguez is, you know, you hate to think we're a one man team, but we're so much better when he's in the team. There's, there's no question about that. You can see that in the difference of quality of passing on Sunday, whereas the midfield chosen on Sunday opted for this, the easy five yard pass backwards most of the game. Rodriguez sees passes and creates passes that nobody else on, on the park, you know, can even begin to imagine. So, and I think as well. I think DCL must get so disheartened when Rodriguez is not playing because he knows the service that he's been used to from him is just not going to be available. And although he kept going for 90 minutes, it must have been really, really frustrating for him as well. Um, yeah, I've had. sorry to bang on about the Colombian press again here. But, uh, great, I love it. I've heard something in on one of the papers saying, and I, I, I've not heard this before, that um, apparently uh, Man United were interested in, in, in Rodriguez during the summer and uh, Solskjaer kind of came to, the, to the, the view that he wouldn't go for him because he didn't think he had the pace to survive in the Premier League. And uh, apparently Ancelotti was interviewed in France Football this week uh, and um, yeah. one of the questions that they asked him was about Rodriguez's last, uh, lack of pace, he, and you might have seen the story. He, he told how when he was manager of, um, in Milan that um, he 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 went. He approached Ronaldo and says, "Look, I think you need to lose some weight. You know, you 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 piled on a few extra kilos here. You know, for for, for the benefit of your game, you, you need to slim down a bit." And apparently Ronaldo says to him, "Look, before I answer that, can you tell me? Do you want me to play and run around in midfield, or do you want me to stay in the box and score goals?" So I, answered, I said, "Obviously, I want you to stay in the box and score goals." At which point Ronaldo says, "Right, leave me as I am. Put me in the box. I will score the goals. I don't need to lose the weight." And I was. <laughs> Absolutely superb answer, superb story as well, and uh, the Colombian press are making a big thing about this. Rodriguez is never going to run. He's, he's not going to track back, but he will provide the quality, he will provide the assists, he will provide the goals as well. And I think it was a double blow for the team. Not having Coleman there as well because Coleman covers for Rodriguez. And I think you saw with the second Newcastle goal how exposed Mina was without Seamus without Coleman there to protect them on the right hand flank. And that set goal changed the game as far as I was concerned. So Coleman being back would be a massive plus. Dina would be you know, absolutely superb. But James has to be back in the side because I think he's if you're a United player and the team's announced before the game and you know James isn't playing, that, that's such a massive boost for them
1: it's This is the double-edged sword of having a player so good, isn't it, Sarah? When, when they're on the pitch and they're playing well, which is most of the time, and we've seen the season, we're all absolutely loving it, but you take them out of that setup and all of a sudden, the void's just as massive because of how good the, the footballer is. And I think, it's, I think the thing with Rodriguez, and I was thinking about this during the, the game on, on Sunday when we were playing Newcastle, it's, he's just one of those lads that he's so good on the ball that when you're having a bad 5, 10, 15 minutes fell in a football match, I imagine if you're a midfielder behind him, you can just go, do you know what will get us out of this? I'm just going to give him the ball. Or, 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 he, or he can just say, right, I'm not getting much of the ball on the right-hand side here. Um, we're not playing particularly well. I'm going to just go over to the left for a bit and get it. And that's what happened in the derby, wasn't it? In the build to, to Dom's goal. He gets it on the left-hand side and plays it, plays it around. So, I think it's it's obviously good having him there because of all the great things he can do with the ball. But for everybody else, if United are nice putting the pressure on, if we're struggling, it's like, well, where's, where's Amaz? Here you go. You have the ball. Winners a foul. Find yeah. us a pass. Mm-hmm. And we'll be fine.
2: Yeah. No, that's exactly it. We talk a lot about the amount of time and space that he can create himself. You know, when the team's under pressure, you know you get the ball to him. He will draw, draw out fouls. He'll get the team free kicks, be able to slow the game. He could pass out of nowhere and create an opportunity get an assist of course you know he he can crop up with the goals himself as well so he just adds everything as you said he's he's not a player that's going to be sprinting all over the place but by no means is this a player that's going to you know he's shown he's shown the world already he's right at home in the premier league and we missed him massively that that star, that sprinkling of stardust that we always say and um I think, you know, we have been, it has been extremely unfortunate to be without Richarlison, Hammes, Coleman and Dean. I mean, your two fullbacks are so important, especially in the way that we play with Ancelotti as well. Um, I I just think, yes, it's it's really disappointing the results and the performances that we've seen. Um, I personally would have preferred to have seen, you know, Anthony Gordon, I think, but we don't know what goes on, do we, in training? We don't know what happens through the week. Uh, But... I'm really, really disappointed, um, and it, it shows. In, this is a project, and we're going to strengthen in in every window, hopefully, and and raise that overall standard of the squad. Because I saw a tweet, and it was like, um, you know, the the, the gulf between our best starting eleven and a bit away from that is is staggering, and and that's the thing. And and like Paul said, you, you're Manchester United on Saturday. And you see that James isn't in that team, you're just going like that, come on then. Because yeah. I think the psychologically what he does for putting the fear into the opposition and also as a as a Evertonian, you know, someone out there in the Royal Blue with him, you you just think this man's gonna make stuff happen. Calvert Lewin's going, he's definitely gonna give me at least one golden yeah.
0: piece of yeah. service
2: that I could score from or whatever. And, you know, without that, Dom I mean we saw him get service in the 91st minute and he scored you know it but other than that there was nothing about us and hammers hammers just makes everything hit doesn't he so yeah coleman as well equally my gosh aren't we missing him you know uh, so if, if we could have the, those three back that would that would make a massive difference but still richarlison yeah. really really not the same team without him are we i'm
1: more annoyed now oh. oh, than i am um, <laughs> off on the day of the derby yeah. Like, it's just one of them you think what on earth are you playing at you know Philly boy and the we miss him too much it's break after this as well it's going to be another two weeks before we see him mm-hmm. playing it again so, <sighs> it's going to be to mid november before he kicks another football court.
2: I'm <laughs> really missing him
0: I'm, I'm we are. quite I, emotional I'm... about it <laughs> I think as well, we missed Fitz Charleston's pace. He, yeah. He's doing it on the side with pace. On Sunday, we were crying off with a bit of pace on the side, and there's nobody at the midfield who could have offered that. I think, as you said, sir, you know, I was wondering why Anthony Gordon wasn't included because at least he could bring a bit of pace onto the side. Although I'm not a Roby's biggest fan, he did have a bit of injection pace when he came on the second half as well. I think... Uh, the biggest surprise for most Blues on Sunday was, and the biggest talking point was, the re-emergence of Chen Tosen. I mean, I'd I, I, I actually forgot he was, st- he was still there. And uh, I think I mentioned before, my local barber shop here, they're all big mates with Chen Towson. So yeah. they're delighted he's back on the side. And they seem to think that the reason why he's not playing is because Ferguson's got a downer on him and he, and he can't get him to change his mind. Whether that's true or not, I've no idea.
1: Have you been in recently to get your, your, your pre-lockdown haircut, Paul? Do so you chat with him? Yeah. Them.
0: Yeah, I was in there yesterday, Matt, Yes, I mean, I was going to give you the scoop,
1: so so yeah. don't <laughs>
0: panic apparently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because Chen goes there quite often. They're all, they're all, they're all friendly with Chen. They have been since his first sign. I think I mentioned before, they mentioned how much he loves the club, how much he loves playing for Everson, how he didn't want to leave. You know, I, I think I told you a while ago that he found Theo Walcott the most frustrating player to play with in training because he never crossed the ball at the beating three players, which we all totally identify with. But he just seems to think at the moment, Big Dump doesn't like him. And because of that, that's why he's getting forced out. And uh, he seems to think this is his big opportunity now to try and prove. Something you know, and with this new aerodynamic hair course, you know, m- m- maybe he can make a big difference there. I don't know.
1: Oh, dear, I was, I was gonna say, I did, he, did he just got loads of that, uh, sell loads of those cans of spray on hair. And, <laughs>
0: <don't know>. Well, <laughs> they do a good job, I have to say, they really do. You know, you I pay totally 13 pounds to come over a head of hair, it's a good deal, isn't it?
1: You see all the photos of him in the weekend training, he's got no hair, and it he comes <laughs> he's, got, he's got a full head of it, hasn't he? So. <laughs> Oh, dear me, dear me. But yeah, no, of course, he, he's back in the fold as well. Uh, but just just very quickly before we finish, um, the other issue, Sarah, which could potentially be contentious in goal, uh, obviously, Robin Olsen. In fact, one other thing I wanted to mention about Rodriguez was set-pieces. Oh, my God. Can't wait to see him back on set-pieces. I don't know oh if you <laughs> Sarah, but the, the set-piece at the end of the game on Sunday when Robin Olsen goes up. So gets and takes it and just lofts it straight into yeah, the hands into Goldie's hands <laughs> you know it's basically catching practice it's just like uh, good job with the getting back r- in there
2: our little yeah. Colombian god
1: yeah good job with the not the remote control in my hand honestly because it would have gone <laughs> hand, one, two, three. but uh, Olsen couldn't get on the end of that obviously but he was pretty good all in all but weird situation now so when he, he played really well but Carlos said before the game that Jordan Pickford was going to come straight back in it's um, a bit of a weird one that isn't it because it's if we're going off meritocracy and who's been playing the best this season and keeping all these share, then, then Olsen probably deserves to keep his place.
2: Yeah, you know, he, he did have a few really, really big moments, didn't he, in that Everton goal and made some some excellent saves in there. So, yeah, when you, as you say, um, and you do like to see that from managers as well, because I think for morale, you know, that's why we're surprised Anthony Gordon didn't stay in the side, because I thought when he'd come on against Southampton, he'd looked probably the, the brightest spark for us, but... Yeah, the fact that, that Jordan will be coming straight back in. Um, I'd imagine it's already been spoken to but with, with Olsen before he came in that this is just, you know, I'm, I'm assuming this is something probably other than footballing reasons with everything that's gone on at the moment as to why Jordan was rested, which is an absolute disgrace. It's absolutely disgusting. I mean, I, I hope, I, I'm not fully sure, I hope it was from footballing reasons, but um, I, I find that unlikely. So I
1: think Harlan's um, <laughs> not for football reasons. But I has mean, he, they have, I don't think they've come out and explicitly said that it's because of what's going on off the pitch. Which yeah,
2: but you just connect the dots, don't you? Yeah. And you know, for me as well, just on that, I think it's a disgrace that there's not been a con- you know condemnation of it from from you know the the powers that be to go right. This has got to stop now. Uh, it's just been like fan in the flames, hasn't it? But you know, in that sense, I'd actually be quite glad to see uh, Jordan come back in because I think I don't like the thought of him being not playing because of how he's feet. But it equally is, is really important that he's being looked after mentally um, as well, and it, and his fam- him and his family's mental well being. But I'd like to see him back in there almost just to just to get. But if he's not ready, he's not ready. I think sometimes though, it's it's better to. To get yourself, like, get back on the horse if if you like and uh, see him back out there. But you know, Olsen did himself proud, and if we can have some decent cup runs this season, then it's nice to know. Although I'm not really ever a big fan of rotating keepers, but I think Carlo said that he will do that, hasn't he? So I, I'm sure we will see um more from Olsen in goal. But if Jordan comes back in and and, and does well, then I think that that's his spot, isn't it? Hmm.
1: I think it's one of them, Paul, isn't it? Where, you know, we've spoken about Pickford a lot on the shows over the last few months in particular, and sort of said, well, he's not going to get dropped because there's no alternative. And I think what playing also in this game on, on Sunday is done, regardless of whether he plays on, on Saturday and going forward, is the show is that there is an alternative now when it's the case of Pickford's... You know, we can't say anymore, well, there's no competition for Jordan because you can go, well, there's a lad who played at Newcastle who did, who did really well, actually, so... It's 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 hopefully it'll serve as a jolt to, to Jordan if he does play, but you know he's not been in the best of form as he at all. There's been stuff going on off the pitch. I mean, what, what would you do in goal on on Saturday?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think to an extent, you know, Carlos trying to kind of create a problem for himself, hasn't he? But by playing also at, at the weekend, I understand I understand the reasons for that. Um, I thought Olsen was competent. you know, he, he didn't make any mistakes and, and the first requirement of a keeper is not to make any mistakes. Now, I suppose the dilemma for Carlo is, he, he's made this commitment so therefore, you know, he has to, to, to keep Jordan in goal. I think it's a big, it's, a, it's, it, it's going to be quite a trial for, for Jordan on Saturday. He can't afford to make a mistake because I think one more mistake and, and there's no justification for, for, for picking him over Olsen and Olsen might not be the most spectacular goalkeeper in the world but, he looked apart, didn't he? He came for crosses. And you know, if he'd saved the penalty, then that would have been a massive decision for the managers to make at the weekend. Even better, if he scored that overhead kick in the last minute, then he definitely wouldn't be playing at the weekend as well. But <laughs> kind of got back to what Sarah was saying before as well uh, about the lack of support for for, for, you know, for Jordan Pickford. I'm just stunned that the PFA has not come out and, and said anything about the vilification he's been subjected to, non-stop from all sections of the media and from... From ex-professionals as well, it would be really helpful if you know if Gordon Taylor tried to earn his, what six million pound a year salary by, by by saying, look, you know this is outrageous. The, 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 he doesn't deserve this level of abuse because you know. Remember last year, you know I think Lyndon Lloyd wrote a really good piece on Toffee Web about the difference between the tackle the son did in Gomez and the reaction, and Pickford's tackle on Van Dyke and the reaction, and I just think the way Pickford has been singled out as this vicious thug who's done it deliberately. It, it, for me, I, I, I just don't think it, it, it's, it's right at all. I just don't think it should be tolerated by the club or by the PFA.
1: Well, it's taken a life of its own, hasn't it? And, like, and, and outlets know now that if they have a, an interview of anyone related to Liverpool or Everton or, or a <coughs> goalkeeper, they, they can ask them about that. They can put a video out on, online and it'll get all of us lots saying, why are you asking about this? Which in turn gets attraction, and you get all the Reds looking at it, and, and you know the wider football and world. It, it's become such a huge story now that it's almost like it's eating itself, isn't it? It's it's yeah. getting ridiculous, and I think it's almost a bit too late. And I, I agree with you, Paul. I think the PFA maybe could have come out and said something about this, and you know made broadcasters a little bit more aware of the responsibilities when it comes to protecting players and, and that sort of thing. But I feel like it, if it was now, it'd be a little bit too late because we're still seeing stuff about it. We're still seeing. I'm sure Carlo will be asked about it in his press conference uh, Thursday or Friday. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just going to rumble on and on, unfortunately. But uh, we'll get some predictions before we wrap up. Uh, obviously, it's dead important because no one wants to go into the international break after the defeat. Uh, We can go back to the top of the league if we win as well. Uh, It feels like a result that's sort of going to frame our season and give a a bit of perspective to our season so far. How do you think it's going to go, Sarah?
2: It seems to be my favourite scoreline at the moment, but I think 2-1 for me. I think... You just know that they're going to get a Bruno Fernandes penalty because water is wet, (laughs) isn't it? Let's be honest. So uh, I'm going to go. I think if we're missing Richarlison, we'll struggle a bit, but having the creativeness of Dean and hopefully Hammers and hopefully Seamus, because big, big different teammates, then I think fancy Dom to get one and someone else, Screamer from the core. eh? (laughs)
0: Lovely. Paul, what about you? Yeah, I'm actually quite confident. So I don't think United are in a good one of form at the moment. So uh, I'll be even more optimistic than Sarah. I'll go for 3-1 for Everson and Chen Tosin to come on and score two in the second half. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. there you go. Uh, <laughs> I love that, yeah. Heather's with a shiny head and his spray-on <laughs> yeah. hair. Yeah. <laughs> <Love all. laughs> Fingers crossed that happens. Yeah. But yeah, well, Sarah, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, uh, do check out the Blue Room Extra uh, fresh content, multiple new shares every day building up to that game against Manchester United patreon.com slash the Extra I uh, really enjoyed that thanks very much for listening I'll be back again Saint Sam next week on the weekly
2: Northern Tool and Equipment isn't just a store it's a problem solvers paradise fully stocked with the right professional grade tools
1: and fully staffed with experts who have the right answers problem solved
0: Northern Tool and Equipment Summer Sale is on now. Stop in and save up to 50% on pressure washers, sprayers, generators, fans, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Hundreds of deals in store or at northerntool.com.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring: a laundry? Ooh, a book club? Computer solitaire, huh?
0: <laughs>